When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Alright, welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> How are yeah. you doing? I'm all right. It's uh, it's good to see you. It's good to be seen by you. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we're not actually really seeing each other. It's through our phones. We're we got our FaceTime set up here. Is that too much behind the scenes? Is that too much? <laughs> no. Stage. I was like, wow. This is uh, this is very um, existential. <laughs> it's very the Matrix, right? Yeah. You know, it's the simil- We're going to use words like simulacra and <laughs> simulacrum and. That the title of this episode is Simulacra. I don't ah, know. is it? Well, it's it's really early, so I don't know. We'll see if it holds up. Yeah, to the we'll end. Be. So, <laughs> oh man, what a week! What a time! What a year! I know. How much nothing did you do this week, Joshua? Outside of work, right? Yeah. No, it's been. Um, I don't know. It's been an interesting week, actually. I, I um. I <laughs> don't know what to say. I ha- am lo- I am losing my hair to stress-related hair loss. Wow. Yeah. Isn't this fun, dear listener? I have, um, so, which I've had before when I was younger. It looks like alopecia. So I have, like, mm-hmm. these dime-sized bald spots in my hair. It's so fun. So that was my week, um, which my doctor said, you just have to reduce your stress and eat better and exercise. <laughs> Like, great. I Wonderful. hope you didn't pay for that visit. Right. It's like, just... <laughs> yeah, I had told my boss about it, you know, and I showed her. I was like, you know, it's just there's a lot going. Like, I mean, you know, a lot's happened this year in my life in particular and all of our lives collectively. And, uh, you know, and she's like, oh, man, what are you going to do? I hope it's not, like, quit your job, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I I'm hope pretty. taking care of yourself doesn't mean that I get alopecia. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's called something else. I, it's some special tele blah blah effluvium. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Basically, yeah, stress-related hair loss. So it'll grow back because I had it before when I was younger because I had worked a third shift job, which I loved. I wasn't, like, mm-hmm. under mental stress, but I was under a lot of physical stress doing that job. Um, it just, my sleeping habits were all off and my eating habits were all off. So, you know, kind of made sense. Um, but this year I think it's just like, yeah, everything's going, you know, off the rails. And then, you know, in my personal like life, familial life, and then on top of it, you know, and this is true for all of us, you know, I think those of us that, you know, 
all kinds of different ways that this whole COVID-19, the quarantine, the isolation, the physical distancing, all of it is taking different tolls on different people, depending on who you are and what kind of person you are. And so it's like, for me, all of like the anxiety relieving activities that I do are all gone, you know, and I haven't been able to do anything for months and months. And then besides that, I've been, you know, I was dealing with grief and dealing with other things. So it's kind of all just culminated. And so I don't know, I'm just sharing because I'm sure that, um, dear listener, you are struggling yourself with your own, um, challenges during this time. And I just want to share that mind that we are, we are seeing and hearing each other, you know, (laughs) and, uh, you know, trying to support each other through this time because it really sucks. And yeah, I don't know what exactly I'm going to do. Uh, besides take a bunch of hair vitamins and eat it. My whole life is spinach related now, uh, (laughs) trying to boost my folic acid, uh, and trying to to help with, with, is that supposed to help with your hair? With hair growth, yeah, yeah. Back in the the first time I had it, which again, like I said, was God, I don't know, ten, thirteen years ago, something like that. Um, they gave me uh, prenatal vitamins, you know, to help. Oh wow, okay, yeah, yeah. So this time I just I, I picked up some other, you know, types of uh, supplements and things like that, and trying to eat lots of foods that are got biotin or. F- folic acid, Mm -hmm. things like that. This is so interesting and so great (laughs) for our, you know, but it's real life horror. This is what- This is a real life horror, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) So, anyways, it's been a struggle. Other than that, I've been re-watching Stranger Things. I re-watched the whole first season, and Mm -hmm. I'm a couple episodes into the second season. That's been kind of fun, because we never finished the third. Uh, I don't know what happened. It's just kind of like with anything, you know, you're you know, you just we binge like a bunch of it and then just kind of forgot about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did that with the new Sabrina as well. So, um, which I did a rewatch of that recently, the first, you know, couple seasons so that I could prepare to rewatch. But now I know I'll wait a year and not watch it, but, you know, finish it. But we are going to try to finish Stranger Things uh, since, I mean, hopefully a new season is coming soon. Thought we would get caught up and then take another year to watch. <laughs> I know. Uh, what about you? What have you been doing? Um, I, I was, I was just talking with a friend earlier and, and I said, like, I think I've reached the threshold, uh, for being fed up with like the quarantine that like a lot of basic white people reached in May (laughs) (laughs) and when they decided to just, you know, undo all of the months of like, you know, staying home and just pretend Um, it doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. And just like now I'm pretending. Um, I yeah. very much know that it exists, but it's like I've I've started to I, I, I've always known that I had like a lot of patience with certain things. And so I'm the patience is now starting this starting to wear thin. Yeah. <laughs> Only starting now, about four months later. Um, well, it just makes you kind of feel like you're like, we've made it up or something. Cause I mean, I'm looking at videos, I'm going, you know, we drive out, we have our masks on, but you see all these people out everywhere, no masks on. It's like, did I, did I make this up in my head? Like, am I the only person that's aware that we're like in a pandemic? <laughs> Cause so many people are just going about their lives. I know. And I'm like, I don't, I, I, re- I truly, I truly do not get it because it's like, and also like the places where the places where you see those videos, right. Where you see like the people on the beach and all of that stuff. It's like, 
I always look at it and I can't help but look. I'm like, wow, predominantly white faces. Like, I can't, <laughs> I'm like, predominantly young, semi-affluent white faces. You know, I can't, can't help but go there. But, yeah. well, especially you know. here. I mean, that's just. Oh, I know. And lots I know. of tourists, people are coming from other places. Exactly. What's going to happen when, you know, the folks from like Arizona leave and all that stuff. And what I've been trying to, on a personal note, like what I've been trying to do is be like, is trying to like manage my own disappointment with like people in my social media feeds, seeing them do things that are just like, oh, like I... I don't understand. Like I could never understand why it would possess someone to engage in pre COVID activities. But at the same time, like, you know what? I, that's not my journey. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, this is not, not my journey, journey I'm on. Right. It's not the journey that I'm on. And it just like, you know, it's one of those, like, I'm just gonna, you know, <laughs> you know, namaste home. Like that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. Um, so yeah, so it's and it's also been really surprising um seeing not so much who's doing what, but just like what they're doing. And I'm like, "Oh." And then trying to like also in like unpack my own reaction to that, like is this a reasonable thing? Like is this reasonable? Am I am I responding just like out of a place of fear? Or am I responding with a, like, this does not seem reasonable? Like, are you in a church <laughs> filled with 100 people without a mask? No. But are you at the beach at, like, 7 in the morning when there's nobody there? Okay, that seems more reasonable, like, you know. So trying to unpack that and allow myself uh, and give, like, more grace to people who are already, like, dealing with so much. We're all dealing with so much. Um, cause I just cut back to like when it was like the week before, uh, the week of lockdown here in California and that like Monday when I was like really concerned about being at work and I just kept like saying to everybody, we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be here. And then I heard like coworkers laughing and I thought they were laughing at me and I'm like, Oh, that's the paranoia. <laughs> that's the paranoia setting in. You've already um, got psychosis happening. I know. I was like, wow. I was like, I was already there. Um, but yes, other than that, what I've been watching um, has been an interesting um, has been an interesting diet of things. Uh, we, I just started, and I'm now almost to season four of the eight seasons of Royal Pains, which is a medical procedural from USA that ran for eight years back in like 2009. Oh wow! And it's about um, it's about a ER doctor in Brooklyn who loses his job, and on a vacation trip to the Hamptons during the summer, uh, he like he becomes a concierge doctor, and so he, you know, dispenses emergency medicine to the rich and famous. Ah, yeah. And and see, like with um, and I've also like Stranger Things is next, but only season three because season three I've been trying to watch things that like feel like summer, and that's why I started Royal Pains to begin with because it's like I wanted to I wanted to watch something that felt like a real summer, um, and since Royal Pains only takes place during the summers, I was like, okay, this is great, and that's why I'm going to watch season three of Stranger Things next because that's the season that feels the most like summer to me. So this is interesting. So, um, 
you know, we'll go off script here. I'm kidding. We don't write this. Uh, <laughs> it just, it's a, it's a naturally evolved. Don't lie to the listener, Joshua. Uh, we do not prepare. Like, <laughs> no, I think it's very interesting that that's like kind of a phenomenon. It's, and I, maybe it's, maybe it's just something I've noticed more so this year because a lot of people, like, we've been robbed of our summer, you know, but mm-hmm. the Jersey Ghouls did, um, there, uh, an episode recently that was like, you know, top five summer horror films, you know, films that make you horror films that make you think of the summer, which I realize is something that I do not do. Like personally, because I don't really care for summer, you know, in that Mm -hmm. way. One, we live in San Diego. It kind of feels summery all the time. Uh, You know, but even growing up in Ohio, I did not enjoy the summer. I mean, I like being out of school, obviously who doesn't, you know, at that, you know, when I was younger, Uh, but even then eventually I had a job. So that didn't matter. I worked all year round, you know, even during school. Mm-hmm. So it's like summer break is kind of a, you know, arcane kind of idea mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. But anyways, my favorite time is fall. And then of course, like wintery, I like cold months. And I think that winter is kind of, can be a lot scarier. So it's like, I realized that I search out, like, and we've talked about on the, on the um, show before, like, I like to watch the ring because, it, you know, I want like a nice rainy day. And that's what it reminds me of. Um, you know, or the shining, you know, when I'm like Mm -hmm. raping like that sort of a wintery feel, but I don't really get into, like, I couldn't think of anything when they were talking. I was like, man, there's nothing that like for me that I'm like, oh man, I want, I want to feel like it's summer. What horror movie I'm going to watch. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting, uh, thing that I just realized I didn't do, you know, that Mm -hmm. I guess other people are doing and maybe have done like, you know, where it's like, oh man, I want to watch something that makes me feel like summer. I, I never do that. (laughs) <laughs> so it's interesting that you bring this up talking about wanting to feel like summer and i'm like god that's so funny because i was just thinking about that you know and i put in our little chat because we share a chat with mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. the ghouls and you know and the guys at horror movie night uh you know about like wow i don't really think that way so i just thought it was interesting that you brought that up i know because well you live in like perpetual fall like you live in like this perpetual <laughs> um like and and that's like i love like i've never equated like it's so weird doing fright school in the summer (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it feels more at home when i'm over there in the fall like when i'm when i'm at your place and it's like it's cold colder i guess for us out um but yeah it's so like i i used to work at a hotel right and there's a very like defined period of like this is the time when it's summer and this is the time um, this is the time when it's summer and this is the time when it's summer is over. And but that's more like defined business wise, right? It's also like a feeling in the air, you know, like it's oh, okay. just, it's hard to explain because like I worked at a beachside resort and so it's like a combination of all of the different things, um, like, or like all the different sense from like now there's more sunscreen in the air and all this other stuff and so i wanted to kind of like recapture what that felt felt like because since i left the hotel and i'm in my current job it's like i don't get that same feeling of summer like it doesn't feel as vibrant and as um as alive and i and i hate to say it in that way because like i feel like i do have kind of like mild like seasonal affective disorder because for some reason, I, and, and and I'm not someone who's just like I'm not at the beach every day. Like that's just not me. But I do enjoy like a breeze and some sunshine. So, <laughs> and so like I wanted to get, um, I wanted to, uh, 
I, I wanted to f- have that feeling again. And I, and it's so funny because like we, I saw what you posted in the chat and I'm like, I'm totally doing that, but for other things. Right. Like, and that's why like, I love going to a big summer movie. Like I love, um, that's one of the things that I'm really missing right now is that like, this was the, supposed to be the year where I could have watched the James Bond movie twice by now. Um, and Mulan and Tenant, like all of these huge tentpole films. And that's something that, like, as an indoor kid, that's my summer. <laughs> it's right. like going to the movie theater and spending all day there. So, but yeah, so watching Royal Pains right now. Um, and then I did rewatch um, The Tenth Kingdom. <laughs> I posted about this on Facebook. And The Tenth Kingdom is this um, mini series, uh, five part mini series from NBC that aired back in like 1999, 2000. And it's a it's a retelling, or it like takes place in the universe of like if the fairy tales were real, if the Grimm's fairy tales were real. And so I've been rewatching. I rewatched that for the first time in a couple years, and I'm like, wow, I forgot how much I loved this. And um, in rewatching it, I had a had this like recurrence of a memory where I. Um, there was a girl at school and this was in fifth grade at the time. There was a girl at school who was particularly like, she wasn't my biggest fan. Like she wasn't a bully, but she just openly didn't like me. And then when somehow we were talking and then we started talking about the 10th kingdom. And then that's when we became friends is we became friends over our mutual like fandom of this particular thing. And I just had a thought. I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, that's something that, like, I do now, like, you know, have been doing semi-regularly now with, like, people and going to horror cons and all that stuff. And yeah, I don't know. It just made me really appreciate and kind of more cement this idea that, like, I I am a, like, person who comments on popular culture and all this stuff. And so I don't know. I was, I was feeling very sentimental. And I also watched this, like most of this at like one, two in the morning, <laughs> this, this mini series. <laughs> I love that comment though, of like, say, like there is something very powerful in like affinity bonding, you know, affinity, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, like groups, you know, which I mean, it's kind of just an easy way of saying like nerd dumb or, you know, anything that kind of unites people around something. If you, if you're all kind of different, you know, I mean, obviously horror is a great example of that. All the people in our group are all very radically different people. I would say, you know, like in temperament, in interests, you know, music books, mo- you know, the types of movies we like outside of horror, but we are united by this love of horror. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I do think that's very powerful. And it kind of reminds me of the same thing I had. I mean, she was kind of one of my very best friends from high school. Well, from really, I mean, gosh, since seventh or eighth grade, mm-hmm. uh, who I still kind of keep in touch with. We're, you know, we're friends on Facebook and, you know, if something were to happen, like, you know, we're kind of there for each other, but um, we're not as obviously as close as we were when we were kids. Uh, we're also 3000 miles apart or whatever it is from here to Ohio, uh, a billion miles. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of the same thing. She, she had lost her mother really young and I think she was just kind of very angry. So she was kind of bullyish, you know, but then, and she bullied me a lot. Like, obviously that's not what you were saying, but like, she was very mean to me. And then we just had like an art class or something together where it was clear that we had a lot in common, like mm-hmm. artistically and it just, our whole thing changed. And then we were like inseparable, like best friends, you know? And I think that's very, it speaks a lot to just having a shared interest in something. 
know, if you can find that with people that you're like, wow, I really don't like you. But then all of a sudden it's like, oh, but I'm in love with this movie. It's so easy to, it's easy to kind of find those avenues in, uh, Mm -hmm. to, to relationships and, you know, all of that. Oh my gosh, little girl. Today it's Lilium. Hemlock is dead asleep. Oh, what? I'm talking to her. That's what happens. She wakes up and, you know. Well, I know she can't, well, she can't see me. So she Why? can't see that. Oh, you're talking yeah. to the big brown one over there. Um. <laughs> Even if you were here, they still, I think, assume that, you know, everything's about them. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, that's very, uh, sounds like it's been a good time then at least watching stuff, revisiting things, uh, anxiety watching to some extent, you know, I, I agree. Yeah. I like that comfort of just knowing, I know what's going to happen in this movie and that's kind of what I want right now. Uh. <laughs> and also like I, so uh, with the 10th kingdom, like I own, so I own the DVD. Like when I found the 10th kingdom on DVD, I bought it. Cause usually with things that are that obscure from my childhood, if I find the physical media, I'll just buy it. So that way yeah. I always have it. And, and with the 10th kingdom, it was just like, I kind of allowed myself the permission to, um, I allowed myself the permission to, uh, skip over parts that were boring <laughs> and just get to the good stuff. So it's like, did I watch it in full? No, but did I skip over like five minutes of exposition to get to a sword fight? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I totally do that. There are things because it's like, you know, especially when you really know something like, um, like when I rewatch True Blood, that it's so convoluted. There's side stories that I do not care about that I have no mm-hmm. qualms about fast forwarding through. <laughs> um, or other you're shows like, like that where yeah, it's like, you're like, oh, Tara's one. mom's a drunk. Let's fast forward. Like, <laughs> no, I like all those scenes. Um, <laughs> I know you do. I get a lot of like out of that kind of relationship, you know, just for my own, for my own history uh there's familial drama that i'm like oh i get i get that but there's like stuff with jason yeah. that you know it's like i just don't care about this kind of stuff it's like no um, don't care about the wear panther yeah, <laughs> yeah um but anyways uh what was i gonna say <laughs> 10th kingdom should i watch it is this something you think i'll enjoy i well uh, i joshua that is such a loaded question because <laughs> You you know I mean like it's you only know five me, episodes. It, it's five. It's five hour and a half. Okay. So it's it's five episodes. Not a um, huge commitment then. It is definitely not a huge commitment. And I remember thinking like, wow, this was so epic because at that time NBC did a lot of like original movie miniseries type things, and usually at most they were maybe three. This was the first one that I remember thinking like, oh my god, it's not over yet. <laughs> it's not right. over yet. Like seven, and, you know, eight hours. Exactly. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, there's some, and th- and there's names in this, like Diane Weist is the, is the villain. She's the evil queen, um, which I was like, wow, I love like an evil Diane Weist. John Laura Kett is in there. Um, you have, um, you have, um, oh my God, Anne Margaret. <laughs> She's in it as Cinderella. Wow. Like, she doesn't even show up until the last episode, <laughs> but like they advertise that Anne Margaret's in it from the beginning. And I'm like, okay, of course. Of course. Yeah. But, and she plays like, it's so funny. Cause like, it's, it's the nineties, it's Anne Margaret in the nineties. And like, they're playing up the fact that like Cinderella's 200 years old and she's all like, I'm so old, <laughs> but she doesn't look it. Um, <laughs> I, I want you to do it just because I want to like have another person to talk to about it. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> just share um, this part of your childhood with me. Exactly. Exactly. Because you share how you've shared so much of yours with me. That is true. Oh, uh, so real quick, just uh, before we go to break, uh, and since we've already been talking for like half an hour, um, we've got some a, a few little news items that I think are fun. So uh, there's a new adaptation of Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca coming to Netflix uh, very soon. It's set to uh, release October 21st on Netflix. It's already coming out? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I'm so okay. I'm sorry. I'm really yeah, excited. We, we've done that on this show. We did the original um, Hitchcock uh, adaptation, mm-hmm. so I thought that was kind of cool. So we'll have to like you know check that out and see if we want to revisit. Also, I'm very excited uh, about um, Nurse uh, Ratchet. Did you see mm-hmm. that preview yet with Sarah um, Paulson mm-hmm. playing Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I haven't seen it. Um... I have don't know if I'll Cuckoo's watch Nest? it. I have not seen the film Cuckoo's Nest. I've read the book for uh, okay. college. Okay, yeah. very cool. Which is fantastic. The book is great. I, uh, well, I mean, I think so. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like... <laughs> Your face! <laughs> Your face was just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. Classic. Classic. <laughs> literature. Literature. Iconic. You put, the chore. you put the chore in literature. <laughs> Get that on a t-shirt. You put the chore in literature, okay? Um, but yeah, uh, so I, you know, no surprise, love One Flow of the Cuckoo's Nest, both the book and the movie. I'm actually very excited. One of the reasons I'm really excited about the new series is that I'm going to be able to screen One Flow over the Cuckoo's Nest in this house before the premiere, which has... It, it's banned by Jeffrey, the Sam Squanch. He does not like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's very upsetting to him. He does not like things set in asylums, especially with characters that, like that, where it's like he's not really, like, he doesn't deserve, quote unquote, what happens to him in the end. You know, um, well, I guess that's kind of debatable. But the idea of, like, not actually being, like, a danger to society and then being, like, put into an institution and all that kind of thing. Uh, is like one of Jeffrey's biggest fears. Uh, I don't mean that McMurphy's not a danger to society. I just mean that Jeffrey is not. Um, <laughs> not any more than any other average white dude walking around. <laughs> it's a threat to society. Um, but anyway, and so, that's the tea. Yeah, so I have like a beautiful edition of it that I can never watch. It just sits on the shelf because Jeffrey just will not let it like be played in the house. Uh, so I'm like, well, I'm definitely going to have a screening of that. Uh, I doubt I'll be able to do it for people, but I don't know. Maybe we can have some kind of online watch party or something. I don't know if they figure it out before Ratchet debuts. Th- this actually, this really surprises me because like I would never have... I would never think that like there would be things that are banned in your house. Like there are, you know what I mean? Like, I I feel like, I mean, not that I'm not that like your, like your house is like the wild West pirate radio, you know, international lot of extent it is in international waters. Really? Like if I was like, I really love this movie and I'm going to watch it. I'll watch it in the bedroom and you can sit out, you know, I mean, obviously we could, but out of like respect that it does make him very uncomfortable. I don't, I don't usually Mm -hmm. watch it. Uh, but uh, I'm definitely going to watch it before the new, the new rap. It's like, I'm watching it. I'm watching it on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looked really good. I'm really excited about the, the, the show. But you're not. You didn't seem as excited. I thought Sarah Paulson, you know, Ryan Murphy, you'd be all over it. 
No, I'm actually not really excited for it. And 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 again, it's I'm not really excited for it because like when it comes to something like this when we're when we're dealing with like a series or a movie that like comes from a particular backstory or is a prequel to something, I like to have like more of a connection to the source material on which it's ah. based. And so it's like I'm not like I read it once in college and like be, and even though I, as I say that, I'm like, did I really read it, <laughs> or did I just like <laughs> skim it during the lecture, <laughs> like the during the parts in the lecture? So uh, you know, I'm I'm not exactly um, I'm not I'm not exactly. I mean, I, maybe I'll watch it, maybe I won't, but it's not on my list of things that I'm really excited for. All right, well, I'm super stoked. Did you see? Um... Our so our friend that who used to host Land Germain podcast, Carla. Did you see her in the stage version when she played Nurse Ratched? Mm-mm, no, I didn't. Oh, man, it was so good. We've got to have her on the show. Maybe that'd be a good time to have her come by and and talk about a movie. Uh, she was so so good because we know you know Carla's so sweet and you know she's such like a you know just a sweet person. So for her to play like that evil role was just wonderful. Uh, so, anyways. The other thing, then we'll move on, uh, <laughs> is uh, Antebellum. It's yeah, coming out and it's going to skip the theater and uh, you know come to us for I guess pay per view on demand. Mm-hmm. We'll see, depending on what they charge for it. But I do really want to watch that. I'm I'm very excited. I guess it's coming. It's very soon, right? Uh, September. It's so. going to come in September. Yeah, yeah, a month a month from now. Oh, it looks like it'll be 19.99. So we'll see. Uh, you know, if, uh, that might be something we want to do. I, I, I really want to see it. Although I don't know, I go back and forth on feeling okay with paying a lot of extra money for stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Disney wants to charge $30 for Milan. And I'm like, Disney plus they claim to have 60 and a half million subscribers each month. I mean, mm-hmm. Just baseline, they stand to make like $5 billion a year on the subscription service alone. I mean, because it's over $400 million a month, if that's the case. And that's like conservative based on everybody paying like the lowest rate possible. So it's like, mm, I mean, in a month, you make back what you spent on the movie, you know? So I don't know. I mean, I know there's all kinds of billion other things that go into, you know, making films and the way that they're, you know, bought and paid for and all of that. But I'm just like, $5 billion is a lot of money. You know, so it's like kind of bugs <laughs> yeah. me that they want to charge $30. Uh, and I do kind of want to see Mulan, but I love, um, oh, what's her name? The actress. She was a uh, Hatsumomo in, um, Gong. Oh, is it Gong? Mich- you're talking about, um, you're not talking oh, about the bad, the bad, Oh, the, the bad, bad one. Yes. Hatsumomo. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Hatsumomo. Uh, is it Gong, Gong? What is her name? I love her. Anyways, her character looks really creepy. Mm-hmm. The bird, she turns into a bird or something in the trailer. That's right. Yeah, yeah. She's she's like basically the Falcon, right? Like she's the um what looks like um the the villain's the villain's Falcon. Yeah, Gong Li, that is her name. Uh so I'm kind of excited to at least see her playing another villain. I really like her. I loved her in uh, Memoirs of a Geisha. So I'm very uh I, I do want to see it, but I don't think I'm gonna pay thirty dollars to see it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I. So what I've been doing is like because I really wanted to watch the High Note um, when it came out, but I was like, I also don't like. It was a novelty and fine at the beginning of quarantine when I like rented the Hunt for like twenty dollars, and I'm like, okay, like this is. We don't know when we're going to be able to do this again. Like at the beginning of quarantine, that was okay, and now we're at a point where it's like, if this is now, like if this is the future for right now, if this is how we're moving through if this is the i hate what people say this the new normal like you you need a figure that like if you make it more affordable for people they're gonna want to watch it i mean yes the trailer and all of it it's it's pretty irresistible already so it's like yeah we'll charge 30 dollars for it and then you know great but part of me like okay maybe i don't want to watch it right away yeah because um, i'm really excited for the new mulan um Mulan is like my favorite Disney princess, quote unquote. So, yeah. um, which surprises people because people would automatically think that maybe Moana was my favorite Disney princess, but you know, it's actually Mulan. Sorry. Whew, man, controversial <laughs> and brave. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I've not seen Moana and I've not seen, I have actually never seen Mulan, the, the Disney version. Um, which again tracks. There's so much I haven't seen in Disney <laughs> realm. Um, I do remember the Christina Aguilera tune, something about a mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> it's it's called reflection. Oh, okay. well, so yes. I mean, I guess the mirror is implied. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> she said something about a mirror. Oh. Well, it's been oh, like 30 God. years or 25 oh, years God. or whatever. So. Sorry. Um, all of our Disney plus, you know, lover friends are all rolling in their, in their room. Oh man. Um, but yeah, so anyways, but I would watch a live action version. I'm kind of excited for that. I think it'd be interesting. She said Uh, something about a mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Christina Aguilaria. Aquilaria. All right. Anyways, this is probably a good place to stop before this becomes really offensive to people who love Disney and horror. Because you can't balance those things. We have friends. They do both. Uh, (laughs) I'm really the one that's, like, committed. Like, no, horror 24-7 all the time. All horror. All fall and winter. Like... (laughs) Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm I would glad like you Maleficent, just a, uh, casting a dark shadow across the lands. I was going to say, I'm like, I'm glad you don't like, you're not like an evil queen with powers. I mean, maybe you are. You're one of those things, at least. Um, <laughs> Definitely <and> evil queen. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, has the ability to, like, cast your kingdom into, like, you know, unrelenting autumn. Exactly. And, like, only horrors await. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're like right. you're like ah uh, yes in another life joe i was i was yes uh this has gone on long enough so let's take a quick break and um we'll be back to talk about host meanwhile in new jersey so marissa what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode well jackie let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. Hi-oh! Hi-oh! 
From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. I mean, I looked it up, and I just can't believe that there's no mention of a mirror. <laughs> so I made that up in my head. Anyway, sorry. This is you, so, like, you... <laughs> Joshua was like, are you really no mention of a mirror? And then I started <laughs> singing the song to him. And he just was like, stop I, that. I, I'm just going to look. Anyway, I can we, look have it to, up. we just have to let this go. Uh, we are back. Dear, dear listener. Thank you for holding out um, for this. We are talking about a brand new movie just came out. Uh, what? July 30th. So yeah, days and days ago. Just some fresh new on Shutter host. 2020 uh found footage-esque horror film we got director uh rob savage uh and uh, uh with a script that he wrote along with uh Gemma hurley and jed shepherd Gemma, uh about some girlfriends having their weekly zoom meeting their weekly hangout i guess i guess it's kind of implied right that they're they've been kind of hanging out and the one decides hey let's have a seance over zoom nothing bad will go wrong but then it does it it really really does uh joe to you what what did what did you think of the film Gemma, (laughs) Gemma, Gemma. uh that's the title of this episode is Gemma. um so so I did something that I don't normally do for this show. Um, even when we record, even when we watch movies together, I watch this at night in the dark. Oh, um, did you watch it on your computer, like on a laptop or on a TV? No, I watched on a TV. I feel oh. like it would be more, I, I, well, <laughs> I could feel like it would be more uh, anxiety inducing if I watched it on my laptop, um, yeah. which it's like, it's the perfect, uh, we'll, we'll go into more into that more, but I have to say that, like, I I think what was really cool for me is just, like, I'm just, like, I spent the whole film, like, trying to figure out how they did certain things. Yeah. Like, with the restrictions that we have of quarantine, like, how how they were able to do certain things. And it's just, like, you know, I mean, like... I recently watched rewatched Jurassic Park, so it's like you know, life finds a way, art finds a way, um, and yeah. then when you go to the credits, you know, at the very end, when you see all the people who worked on this, it's like, yeah, it took like a ton of people to just even remotely make this look like it was something that was real, um, and that like is always when I think about like the team that is behind certain things, I'm like, okay, like you know, I feel a little bit better about like, again, like, do I, will I feel good about paying the $30 to support like this crew and all of that? I don't know, but like, I might feel better like about paying like maybe $20 or something like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. long, let's not get into the accounting of, of art, but like <laughs> it was that, but that yeah, is I, a very fair point and, and true. And that's something that, you know, we should all consider when we are spending money extra money during this time because you know times are tough for artists so maybe like a film like this maybe yeah we could donate to its cast i just feel like disney doesn't need my money exactly exactly the the, the corporation (laughs) of all of that so yeah um but this this movie was so much fun and i like found myself feeling i i found myself 
um, revisiting something, revisiting a feeling in a way that I watch horror that I, that I, um, haven't done in a long time, which was like at night in the dark by myself. Um, and like, it was also like, I had to remind myself that like, it was pretty late when I started watching this. So I had to remind myself not to like shriek out loud (laughs) (laughs) at certain parts, um, just to make sure I didn't wake up the rest of the household. Uh, but it was just so, it was so much fun. And it was like, if you want to talk, like, you want to talk about horror that speaks to a current moment, like, <laughs> this is, this is definitely something that speaks to, like, the current moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, all in all, really great. Also, perfect at an hour. Like, the, the idea that it takes place in, like, a free Zoom, like, a free Zoom account where you only have, like, less than 45 minutes or less than an hour, like, that was a great thing, um, great piece of storytelling. So, generally, overall, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it looks like it clocks in about 57 minutes. Um, yeah, which is perfect, because then you kind of just have that dead, you know, time, you know, before it cuts out. Um, well, right at the end where they where it jumps out and then it cuts off. Um, but yeah, I thought also, spoiler, 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 spoiler alert. Cause this is a super new movie. Oh, so like, yeah. this isn't something from like 20 years ago that we can spoil. This is like, just came out in the, in July. Right. So yeah, if you, if you are not going to see, if you haven't planned on seeing it, if you don't have a shutter, like stop listening, go get shutter and go and watch this. Um, but yes, yeah, spoiler, super spoiler, 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 because I want to be able to talk about shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. You've been alerted, uh, dear listener. Uh, yeah, so obviously they had to film this whole thing while the quarantine restrictions were in place. Um, and, you know, this ongoing COVID-19, this pandemic, uh, which, I yeah, I think is very cool that everybody, all the actors, they kind of had to do everything. They had to, like, be involved in, you know, not only acting and kind of, you know, staying, like, in character, but they're also responsible or the people that maybe they happen to be, you know, quarantining with or isolating with, helping them, you know, pull off these in-camera stunts, you know, too. And I just thought, mm-hmm. like, I thought it was very exciting that way. I think it's kind of cool to see what... I mean, it kind of makes a lot of sense. Like you said, it does speak obviously to our, to our times right now. And we'll get into that a little bit with, um, analyzing, you know what it is, but just looking at just surface wise, I mean, it's kind of fun. We're all very familiar with zoom and we're all doing it. You know, I'm sure there are teenage girls and boys all over the country. Now we've seen this movie who are now attempting seances via zoom, <laughs> just like we did when we saw the craft and we all started playing light as a feather, stiff as a board and breaking our fingers. Um, <laughs> they're summoning demons left and right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought just the pure, like the tenacity and like the ingenuity of trying to do this. Cause I really felt like watching it, I felt very plugged into it and you're right. It moves very quickly. And that is very smart just to craft the story and like, Hey, we got an hour. It's real time. Uh, you know, you're with these characters, uh, you know, it, it just, it felt very immediate again, like the Blair Witch Project, like other, you know, paranormal activity. Obviously it's not like a, some new story, you know, mm-hmm. we've all seen the story, you know, before, but not under such conditions, you know, not under where it's like, it's impossible 
to have a huge budget with CGI and, you know, all these people doing effects. Like these, these actors and actresses had to figure this out, you know, on their own and taking direction, you know, over, you know, over, over Zoom call. I mean, the thing was built, you know, around Zoom calls as well. And I just think that's really very incredible. So yeah, overall, I really liked it. It's, you know, I don't feel it's exploring, you know, anything new, like I said, but it was a, a crafty way to tell a story we've heard before. You know. Yes. And it didn't feel it didn't feel like schlocky, right? Like it didn't feel to me what I loved about it was that it didn't it it didn't feel like, oh my god, we get it, we're in a pandemic. Like they didn't right. belabor the point of like we're on Zoom or whatever. Um like the beginning yeah, I kind of forgot until she came in later when Gemma goes to investigate Haley's house and she comes in, she has the mask on, which I thought was a nice touch. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh shit, that's right. You know, it was just kind of, I thought that was a really nice detail because you weren't belabored. You know, this could have just been friends from across the planet, you know, having a zoom call meeting, you know? Exactly. It's like, you know, they, uh, when, uh, I think his name's Teddy, the, the yeah. you know, the, the fuck boy with the beard, like he, when he was just like, well, you know, I'm with her, I'm with, I guess, his girlfriend's parents, like, I'm with her parents, and I'm learning all these different rules, like, no Pornhub in the dining room. <laughs> right. And, and, like, and then I think one of my favorite scenes in the beginning was when Redina, um, like, Redina was on mute, and she went to go talk to her boyfriend, who's in the background, and, like, the friends are, like, openly talking about, like, yeah, she should, it was too soon to quarantine the two of them. I don't know yeah. how she's doing it. And in my mind, I'm like, girls, you're not on mute. Like, she can hear you. <laughs> like, unless the volume is low or she's using headphones, like, she can hear you. <laughs> yeah. So, so- <laughs> talking about like him in the background and like again that's my also my like hypersensitivity of like what is what is what i'm saying in zoom meetings and they're just like openly talking shit about the fact that like oh my god she made such a mistake yeah they did not clarify because i mean i would hope that she would have had the sense to like mute the whole thing before going mm-hmm. and talking to him but you know you never know uh and it doesn't really clarify but that whole sequence i really liked right at the beginning because it's funny like the coughing thing that was the one thing that i felt dated a little bit because i feel like we're not we're no longer there mm-hmm. remember in the first like weeks of it it was like anybody who coughed you were like oh my god stop coughing you know yeah like, what's wrong with you get out um that's kind of abated but i like that that was there because it reminded me of those first few weeks now it, it, now i feel better like i can cough and be like oh it's just my breakfast or you know what I mean? whatever like you know just something in my throat rather than i'm de- we're all dying we're all gonna die now because i coughed uh but the whole after that when they have that whole experience exchange i love sequences like that where Mm -hmm. you can't hear what they're saying like the conversation they're having Uh uh-huh but you know what's you know what i mean like you could just you can see i i don't know i really like that there's movies that do that like montage where it's like music and you kind of get that they're having these deep conversations it's a way to kind of tell something about a relationship without having to really get into you know the Mm -hmm the dialogue. So that whole sequence I thought was kind of, it was pretty cool. Uh, plus, you know, just whatever was going on with him, it just kind of left a nice open, like, Hmm, you know, question about what was happening with, with their background lives. It wasn't all about what was happening on the zoom that they, that she was, you know, cause he was chopping really loud and, yeah. You know, it's like you could tell there was like frustration and yeah, exactly. You there was like this terrible. tension and all that yeah. stuff. And like, and then like just the, just like the little bits too, like the, 
um, I think it's Caroline, like Caroline with her dad, <laughs> like like her with like her family, like because that's the thing is that like these young college age girls are most of them are probably with their families, right? So right. you got I'm like, oh wow, like that's interesting. Um, the filters was really cool, like just these little like yeah. these little touches, and again, not overwrought like not like oh my god we're in quarantine or you know zoomy zoom we're zooming yeah exactly um so i I texted joshua this when the medium comes on into the zoom call and i was like of course the medium is like this like mystical irish woman (laughs) (laughs) but you know in the context of this film because several of them had accents Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I mean, I didn't, re- that didn't really stand out to me right away. Plus she's not in it very long. Like I mm-hmm. thought she would kind of be on this journey with them, yeah. uh, but she's dropped really quickly. Uh, so I, I wasn't really, I didn't really know how to, to contextualize her, you know, especially cause the mm-hmm. others, you know, it was like kind of a variety, you know, not, you know, overly diverse, obviously, you know, the cast is mostly white people. Um, but I don't know. I just kind of felt like she fit in as like, you know, a couple of them had British accents. She had an Irish accent. I don't know. I didn't really, didn't really make much of that, but I'm curious what, like when you pointed that out, what you were thinking. So, well, okay. So this requires some backstory. So one thing that I didn't mention in our first half of this ep was that I also, um, I also finished, uh, I'm caught up on American gods. Oh, okay. So, like, I stopped watching, um, I didn't watch season two when it was premiered, but I, I went back and watched the beginning again. And, and like I did with 10th Kingdom, I just fast forwarded only to the parts that I knew to just fresh my memory. And then once that was finished, I went, um, and they have that whole episode, um, uh, I think it's prayer for Mad Sweeney, um, in the first season that, like, talks about, um, that Irish woman who is like very much into like the fair folk and mysticism. Mm -hmm. And then coupled with the fact that I also watched um, Artemis Fowl on Disney plus, which is, which takes place in Ireland and like Colin for or Colin Farrell's son. They're all very entrenched. So it's like, okay, to me, it's, like I was like, okay, like I now have these two cultural artifacts that are basically telling me that the Irish people have like, <laughs> you know, Irish culture, Irish lore is very much rooted in the idea that uh, that another plane of existence is, is is there. So it made sense. Like, okay, of course, like this like mystical woman that's supposed to be like you know taking them on this journey is Irish because inherently they are connected to the astral plane. Hmm. Um, this is where we take a shot. Uh. <laughs> Every time we say astral plane. Um, oh, that's very interesting. But it's, but again, that's contextualized, you know, by your, your recent viewing. So that's really cool, you know, that you've sort of made those connections. Because I'm like, you know, she could have been Romany or she could have been, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know. There's, I mean, so many. She could like Romani. She could have been Welsh. She could have been like Spanish. She could have even been like just yeah. you know from like an accent that's not from like 
Western Europe, like in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they could have done a lot of different, you know, things. So I'm curious about the conscious, like what decisions were shaped, you know, like how much of this, like the script that they wrote and put together, was it really based on like who they could get? Like, you know, there's just, it's so new that we don't really have the the, the oral history of it yet, you know? I mean, we yeah, know it was exactly. based um, that the, the guy who wrote it, Rob uh, Savage, had pulled a prank on his friends, like in a Zoom call. And that's kind of what inspired it. Uh, but I don't know if these are like the same people or like, are like, cause everybody in the movie, their names is what they use. They just use yep. their, their actual name. So it's like, I'm curious about all the connections behind the scenes and maybe as, as we go further along, we'll find out. Cause like, where did Salem come from? Did they just know her? And it just was convenient to be like, Hey, you want to play the seance leader or are they trying to make a comment? You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, that's again, we'll see as it, as it goes, but I like contextualizing it in a larger, um, you know, like we did with Thinner when we talked about yeah. mm-hmm. Romani culture, uh, you know, quote unquote, like the gypsy, you know, mm-hmm. aesthetic that, you know, for, you know, for so long has kind of persisted in horror films. You know, we sort of were seeing this uh, development of like Irish, you know, uh, I, I think that's very, I think that's a cool connection you're making. And she also like on Salen, right? She also had this feeling of being like a real medium. Like, not like the kind of, like, caricature of a medium that you would see in a horror film where it's, like, a lot of ominous warnings and all that. All right. like she, felt, she felt, like, very grounded. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. no. I, I you know, that positivity I, kind of thing. It, exactly. You know, like, of, like, we're just going to connect and we've got the candles and, you know, we're all going to be fine. I mean, it was very much in this sort of... She yeah, wasn't coming from fine. Yeah. It, it, She wasn't coming from a, like, you know, the evil spirits are out to right. get you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I, I, again, you know, I've been reading a little bit because I've been... I was rewatching Carnival, you know, on HBO, so I was reading some of the history of that and... You know, so many things out there. Like, if you want to make money, you know, doing tarot readings or giving like palm readings at like corporate events and things like that, like focus on the positive. You know, people want to pay to be told, like, oh, everything's good in your life and you're going to, you know, like, you know, focus more on that. People really are going to be disturbed if you try to pay them for, you know, and they tell you, oh, your marriage is going to break up and you're going to die. Like, that's not, you know, I mean, so just kind of fitting, like, you know, she's perceptionally, Perceptually, yeah. a white woman, you know, who's like joining them, and it's like, you know, a bunch of girls like having a girl Zoom seance. Like, you want to keep it light and positive, and you know, it kind of felt grounded in that way. Yeah, and I was Not like, like oh, you're all gonna die. Well, part of me was just like, man, she's like, I bought that she was like a real life medium. Like, yeah. I, I in that moment bought because, like, also just like. Because when you see, like, mediums talking on, like, you know, spooky haunting shows or whatever, and they're just like, it was just like, yeah, like they just ask a question. Like, hey, are you okay? <laughs> you know, and it was just like, yeah, this, this is terrifying right now. I'm scared. But Salem was like, just ask a question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to close this little loophole on uh, mm-hmm. possibly a demonic uh, entity, but we'll figure it out together. It's like, you know, we're going to cut the string and there's the door. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then and then I started to think about, like, I started to have real questions about, like, magic, magic in the time of COVID. Like, it, magic in this right. area when it's like, when it's about, like, be gathering together. Like, that's the other thing, too. And the same thing that people who practice, like, 
faith, like who practice religions where they're supposed to gather in a holy place. It's like, what do you do when you're not, when you, when doing that is actually more dangerous than not? Like if, and so like, and and then she, and Salem brings it up very early. She's like, you know, I've never done this on Zoom. We'll see how this goes. You know, usually we would bind hands and that's how we would cement the circle. And then it became, and then as I'm watching, so I had these questions, I'm watching it, dealing with my own internal monologue. And then as the haunting started to happen, I was like, wow, this is potentially more dangerous <laughs> because now the spirit, because again, spirits are on the astral plane, they can, um, they can go anywhere. Now that the spirit is connected by this digital connection, it's like the potential to inflict more harm is greater. You know, because like each individual person is alone, exactly in alone in their own place that has basically called upon the spirit. So now you have, um, if they were all together in a room, like they would have been able to like bind the spirit to that location, right? Right, as opposed to this, where it's like, no, now we now through the digital connection, this is how we are bound, and so you can go anywhere within that connection, which is literally anywhere in the world <laughs> that they can see because right. even like teddy's like in it for a little bit and then not and they're still able to get him like still able to get him and him uh yeah because he rejoins because he he left before anything mm-hmm. happened so of course when yeah. he it becomes that infection um you know kind of idea where it's like now he joined and that gave it another avenue uh, mm-hmm. you know too so on that note let's switch over a little bit to talking about you know giving this the fright school treatment you know obviously on the surface we have you know your standard seance goes wrong type of horror film whether they're all together or not you know so in this context with uh with using technology and i thought this was very interesting the new york times had a, an article uh review a zoom seance channels spirits and melancholy in this horror movie, an angry ghost rages on a Zoom call and speaks to a moment of uncertainty. And I really liked this paragraph. Channeling the spirits of the dead, on the internet no less, becomes a useful analogy for mourning the recent past. As we sit at home with the devices that promised us limitless possibilities in our hands, host identifies the uncomfortable in-between state we exist in, operating ghost-like. One can relate to the fury the poltergeist unleashes, thrashing uh, apartment objects about. Uh, which I thought was very interesting. Um, host observes uncannily the supernatural, ephemeral, and material worlds colliding together, gesturing toward an uncertain future. The concise, entertaining spin on the ghost story proposes that maybe the modern world is a haunted house now, uh, which I kind of enjoy. And 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 obviously, because I, you know, we like to look at horror films as these. You know, this is such an immediate. I mean, they. I think they said it took them like couple of months to do this from conception to delivering it to shutter happened very fast. So it is very immediate. It's very up the time, you know, and speaking like, you know, we've examined things from like a cultural anxiety point of view for a long time, but we've had the benefit of time. You know, we've had mm-hmm. a benefit of like, we're going to look at something in 84 and what was happening around in 84 and what was going on the 10 years before and the 10 years after like that, this you know movie kind of can speak to this is very, very immediate. And I, I was thinking about how 
you know, because so many of us are isolating or we're living our lives very limited, you know, we're going to the store, we're coming back home, we're going to work, we're coming back home. You know, our whole lives have been sort of reduced to that. And so we are spending a lot more time on the internet where so much misinformation, paranoia, fear is being spread. There's like nobody's doing any critical thinking or double checking for news sources of stuff before sharing, you know, this and that. And, you know, and so we're seeing this segment of the population who are kind of, I, I feel like possessed, you know, they're, they're becoming possessed by this like extreme paranoia about like, being forced to wear masks and, you know, the anti-vaxxers are all kind of coming out and saying that they're using this as a way to like force vaccinations on us and the number of the beast and the end of the end of times. And so sitting here, I was just thinking about how, you know, and how fast it can, that information can travel from one person's, you know, hysterical paranoia ranting on the internet and they go, I'll write an article on medium. And then anybody can write, you know, on medium, um, Oh my gosh, there's a whole other le level there. A medium, medium, you know? Oh. Uh, anyways, and then translate that and people share and they go, oh, this was from medium and, you know, great. And it's like, that's as worthy or as, as worthless as Wikipedia in some senses because anybody can do anything. It would be like reporting everything from like the opinion, the op-ed section of like the New York Times. As, right, like, exactly. Gospel fact, yeah. Yeah, or BuzzFeed, you know? it's mm -hmm. But that's the kind of culture we are where it's like everything is reduced to a meme and you share it and everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's like, did you hear that like blah, blah did this? And, you know, Trump had like a stray thought that suddenly is a law somewhere, you know, we all panic and everybody freaks out and we're all angry and we're all feeding into this kind of ongoing paranoia and anger. That's like, this isn't even real. This wasn't even a real thing, but it pissed off a million people and like that energy, you know? So I was just thinking about the ways that right now that kind of misinformation and fear and paranoia is like furthering this whole thing because it's going to cause this pandemic to continue to go on because we have so many people not willing to invest in their own safety and the safety of mm -hmm. others you know mm -hmm. they're selfish quote unquote um or you know whatever like we've said before I, I get that the you know the pandemic is very hard isolation is very hard so there's a lot of people that are just going i can't take this anymore i'm going to go do whatever the hell i want to do and if i die i die and they're taking people with them <laughs> you know, so in a way that's kind of this, this movie speaks, I feel a little bit to that, that like that overall, that overarching horror that we're having. And somebody like Gemma, who's not taking it serious as the others who makes up a thing and she opens up this portal to allow this creature to come in. I feel like there's an echo there. I'm, I'm giving you snaps for that because <laughs> that is... That's such, oh, that adds such an interesting layer to it. It's just like the one person who's not taking it seriously and then ends up infecting, quote unquote, everyone else in their little group. Yeah. And, um, and she's not the only one. Obviously, some of the other girls are laughing, but they're trying, you know, but she's yeah. the one who makes something up and, and out of her own ignorance, because it's not like they were warned about that either. It's not like she knew she was going to invite a demon in. She was just bored and thinking like, well, let's make it interesting. Nothing's happening, you know, yeah, so I'm going to go she, out. But she was also warned. Like, she was still warned. Right, told to but not, she was told to respect. And that's the other yeah. thing. It's her, like, disrespect of other of like her friend's wishes. Exactly. Um, which, like, is also, it's, it, it's an interesting, like, it, it's an interesting kind of misdirect. Because, like, when it starts out, I think it's Haley, right? Haley's the one who has, 
who, who we see everything a little bit from like her opening the zoom and starting yeah, to organize this. It's her meeting. Exactly. She, she seems the, like really yeah. like she really wants to see something like she wants to believe, um, which I'm really glad. So like, you know, again, like we're doing this, this is all set during COVID-19 during pandemic time. And like, Part of me, I think, like, the subtext for me of her, like, desire to communicate with the dead is, like, the desire to kind of reconnect with maybe someone that she lost, which, like, I'm I'm kind of glad, like, it was interesting, uh, now that I think about it, that they didn't bring up, like, that's a wish that any of them had, because, like, so much life has been lost over this. Right. Um, so it was, like, a... I mean, in, in the time of a global pandemic where maybe you are like losing people left and right, um, like maybe you would want there to be like, um, to be some sort of, uh, connection astral plane that you can connect with them with. At least that was the subtext I read with her, but like, it's an interesting misdirect. And I thought of scream in this where it's like Gemma, who is ironically kind of like final girl status a little bit. Like she's the only one left alive when she puts on the mask, goes to check on, on Haley. And then they're kind of there together. And then, yeah, she finds her. Yeah. So they are there. Yeah. And then also just like the, again, like the little touches of like reminding you that, yes, this is happening right now. It's like when they see each other and you realize that like, you know, Gemma's mask flies off when, and she gets tossed around by the, the by the poltergeist, and then they see each other. Gemma sees Haley, and they like elbow shake, yeah. which was like a thing people were doing for yeah. a little bit. Still, like, we I see a lot of people doing it. Yeah, and so they like elbow shake, and I'm just like, oh my god, like that's like that's right because this is a thing that people are doing. This yeah. is this is where we are now. But it, but like it normalizes that behavior. Like it's right. just like this is not we're not. Um, it's that that exposition that I hate in like very schlocky lifetime films, um, or like in Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, where it's like, "What's a nibbling?" Like a nibbling is a non-binary niece or nephew. Or like I'm like, we don't, we're not talking about it. We're just gonna do it, and you know what it why you're doing. Right. But yeah, yeah. There, oh, there's that immediacy. Gemma. Yeah. And again, and it's funny because there's like that macabre joke where it's like, of course, these people are going out and about without their masks. They're going to take it home. They're going to kill their whole family, but they're going to survive, you know, like the drunk driver who survives the car wreck. It's everybody else who dies. So it's kind of, it makes sense in the end. She's still left alive with Haley. Mm -hmm. Uh, The two of them together, you know, responsible in different ways for bringing this you know, on everybody, you know, Haley for organizing it and inviting the person, even if it's, you know, it goes back to like the 13 ghosts thing with, um, is it Matthew Lillard's character? Who's the Uh, psychic mm -hmm. or whatever. Yes. yes. So it's like, it's not, he's not evil necessarily. He didn't realize what his powers were being used for. So it's kind of the same thing. She didn't know what she was going to unlock, but still she's responsible for it. Um, and then, and then of course, Gemma who invites the demon again by, you know, so I don't know. I just do see, I see a lot of different, when we look back at this movie in 10 years, the, if we're all still here in 10 years, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll see, you know, we'll see a lot more. I think of that sort of analysis. I think, I think what we, what we are kind of unpacking here in this immediacy, uh, I think will be even more clear as we get farther away from this time. Uh, so yeah, overall I thought it was a lot of fun again, not in a groundbreaking way, but in the immediacy of, of, of the topic of what they're talking about in, you know, in analyzing it through our, you know, particular lens and just the, 
chutzpah you know it takes to do a film like this in the in in this time where you can't be together where you can't all be on set together and you can't rehearse together and you can't you know i mean in the in the way that we usually would yeah you know they kind of had to you know it reminded me of playing that game the other day the cabin in the woods experience yeah you know Mm -hmm. it reminded me of doing that where it's like okay if i do that again i'm gonna have to have like this commitment (laughs) like let's Mm -hmm. be let's you know go full out you know so I'm sure it was a lot of fun to make. They, it, it looks like, you know, they, they did a really good job with it overall. I was not, um, you know, and I'm glad it was, again, the short time frame. I don't know how much longer because there was a few times where I'm like, why would you still have the camera? Like just, you know, yeah. it's always a problem of, um, of found, found footage. footage. Films. Yep. It's like there's got to be a certain point where you're like, I cannot be bothered. I can't be en- encumbered with this anymore. Um you but, know. like, at a certain point, you as the audience member are so entrenched in the narrative that you forget that, like, you forget you're being taken along. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's, like, one of those things that we kind of agree when we watch a found footage film is that there are sometimes there are reasons to kind of, to have to shoehorn in the camera. Well, uh, I, when um Caroline, when Caroline switches to, like, her selfie stick... It was like, it took me out of it because I'm like, oh my God, that means that she was on her phone the entire time. Ah. Uh, like, and I was like, oh wow, I didn't know. Like, I thought, like, oh wow, I guess she's on her phone the entire time. So there you go. Um, yeah, which I mean, you know, it becomes a mix. Like, I definitely use my phone a lot for Zoom, especially at work, mm-hmm. you know, for quick mm-hmm. meetings and things. So I don't know. I mean, it felt, again, that felt very real. You know, not everybody is, you know, as technologically might have access, you know, but I agree. It, it's just one of those things where you have to think about like, okay, why do I still have the camera? Why do I, why am I still filming mm-hmm. this? You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially like towards the end. Cause it's like, I would have been like, okay, we have to get the hell out of here. We got to figure something out. I wouldn't have yeah. been wanting to carry my laptop around or my phone. Yeah. trying to, you know. Oh man. And, creature. and like the fact that like that, I forget her name, but she's like under a sheet and she's crying because, like, you know, the, yeah. with the flower and, like, the demons in her house. And then, like, she still has, like, filters on her. Emma? <laughs> yeah, Emma's, like, she still has got filters on her. <laughs> and I'm, like, yeah, because that would happen. Because, like, you would probably forget to tear the filters off. And so now you're, like, screaming for your life, looking like a snake. Which I was kind of a cool image when the filter was, like, on the invisible you know, mm-hmm. demon face. I thought that was a really nice, you know, kind of moment. I thought that was cool. Creepy, mm-hmm. especially using like that clown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Harlequin kind of thing. It was creepy, but yeah, overall I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's, you know, again, it's, we're not making a lot of stretches here analyzing it. I mean, I, I think it's very immediate and is speaking very much to this time where we are all, uh, you know, the world is at our fingertips, but mm-hmm. the, the, the we can't really it's not really anymore you know for many yeah. of us who are choosing to 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 try to stay as much in the limits of of, of you know the quarantine and the cautionary things we yeah. should be doing <laughs> um so Ugh. this so the 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 other reason why i felt like this film was really disturbing for me is like i the first like two three months of this of you know being shelter in place and working from home I had my desk in a different position. I had my desk where my back was to the door. And like, even in my office where I work, like I, I requested to sit where I sat because I don't like having my back to the door. Right. And 
like being on zoom with people having my back to the door, even though it's closed. Like I had this kind of, again, the, the whole reason why I close the door when I brush my teeth, you know, so my back's not to the door is so that I don't get jump scared. (laughs) I don't get a jump scare. And so like the fact that like, it was really anxiety inducing for me to see how all of them, the door was behind them. Right. And just, I was watching all of their doors the entire See time. my walk through or <laughs> my walk through or something. Cause I'm just like, Oh, you know, something's hiding back there. Oh, you know, someone's yeah. there. And then like, there were moments, I think it was in Redina's door where like Redina's door opened suddenly. Um, yeah. or like, uh, Caroline had her door just like open. Like she's talking with her friends about shit and her, she lives with her family and the door was just open. And I'm like, wow, this is like either they're downstairs or they're nowhere near you because like this is something that I would close the door for. Right. So it spoke to like a very real anxiety that I have. Um, specifically because of fright school. <laughs> like, um, again, it's like it, again, you know, we talked, we've talked about this before where it's like, you know, your behavior changes, like people close the door and lock the doors when they're in the shower by themselves. Right. right. So, so like, again, like I close the door behind me and because there have been also a couple moments during this quarantine where I like, I'll be like in the kitchen, like, you know, with my headphones on making something in the middle of the night, a snack or whatever. And then like my dad will come up from behind me and I will like, <laughs> I'll just, be terrified and scream <laughs> for no other reason than like, you know, I just wasn't expecting it and I'm already kind of anxious. Um, Joshua, I want to, I want to like kind of my last question thought to you is um, I was talking with uh, my special man friend, my Jimmy Kins, and um, I was asking him cause we, we finished watching Grace and Frankie um, very early in the quarantine and I had this, I was telling him, I'm like, how do you think that the show is going to deal with this time? Cause like we have, we have shows and art and all of these cultural artifacts that deal with like large tragedies that dealt with war that dealt with nine 11, all of these things. So how are, how do you think shows that like had to have production halted or that are having in the middle of a hiatus before the new season, do you think that there's going to be like a way that they're going to deal with this? Are we going to see like, you know, masked up, like over a certain time period, there's going to be like, oh, now we're masked up, you know, even though it all takes place in a fictional universe, like, do you think that we're going to see the normalization of like a quarantine? Um, and specifically with Grace and Frankie, we were talking about, uh, we were talking about like, well, what do you think like a Grace and Frankie episode in the middle of like quarantine would be? And it kind of wrote itself to us. It's like, oh yeah, it'd be Saul and Saul and Frankie would be like basically preparing. And then Grace and Robert would be like trying to go out. (laughs) Robert wouldn't know how to wear his mask and all of the, like all coyote would be quarantined in his tiny home. And that would be hilarious. And, it would be all of these things, right? And, you know, Grace would be like, well, I already didn't like hugging the kids, so now <laughs> you have to stay six feet away. Um, six feet from grandma, Matt. You know, like, it all kind of wrote itself, like, when, as we were talking about it. And then that brought this thought about, like, how do we think that um, if anything is going to be, um, if it's even going to be addressed, how do we feel like that's going to, What do you what do you think about this? I don't know. Again, I think it is, yeah, it's really up to whether or not people want to create 
you know, like we want people to forget about the COVID thing and just escape and, and be able to enjoy like, you know, at least fictionally a world where people can still go out and about and do things. Of course, depending on when they're filming or, you know, are they, are they even going to be able to do that? You know, like, are they going to mm-hmm. be able to go out and even film in the real world, you know, in places where, you know, I mean, I guess you can clear. I don't know. I really don't know. That's such but, a huge. I mean, are we, uh, are, would it behoove us to like start normalizing certain things? Like, you know, yeah. start normalizing mask wearing and distancing. No, of course. Um, yeah. Because like, I, like one of my favorite shows that came out, uh, in during these last few months is uh taste the nation with Padma Lakshmi where right. she's like going to all of these like small business restaurants and she just got renewed for a second season. And in my mind, I'm like, how the hell are you going to do that? Because right. like, are these restaurants still going to be standing? Um, and like, is, are you just, is it just going to be all about like COVID and quarantine or like, you know, how do we thrive? And and then I had like even the more morbid thought of like you know watching like watching re- old reality shows like we're watching Queer Eye right now, and I had this morbid thought of like oh my god how many of these people may have died, <laughs> like, and it's just I, I mean I hate to go there but like it's a real it's a real concern for me especially because, yeah. um, it, it it was just something that was just very sobering because it's like we that it's nice to like comfort watch because that exists in a time period that is not this current one but it also like if especially with reality tv shows it's like oh these people are um these people could still technically be alive um and then i immediately go to oh but they could also technically be dead yeah no i know i don't know man i mean we'll we'll just see i mean obviously we're already seeing it in things that needed to have like live episodes like drag race and other Mm -hmm. you know um shows that are competition based or reality based so we're seeing that people you know they're having to do things via zoom and wearing masks or you know whatever uh so i don't know again i think that's just going to be that creative decision whether or not people want to address it or if they just want to continue their world without it Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. Again, I mean, I get the normalization thing, certainly. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's really going to depend on... I think this is one of those times where conditions are going to inform the art, you know? So if we get to a point where people can freely, you know, record together, whether that's a daily COVID testing of some sort for people and actors and actresses so they can actually do their jobs and, you know, be together. Because it's like, you know, are people going to be able to kiss on camera? Are people going to be able to you know, do any of the things that like are part of storytelling that require intimacy, you know? And I just think that's all going to be informed, uh, uh, based on our, the need, the production needs, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll see. I don't know. Cause I definitely think this is going to go on for a long time, uh, <laughs> given the state of things and, you know, it takes time to develop vaccines. And even if we develop a vaccine, you know, this thing could change and do other things. And so there's a lot of, there's just a lot in the air. So I don't know. I don't think there's an answer. Personally, mm-hmm. I think it's just going to depend on what production needs, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I think so too. It's, interesting seeing people like already go back into like people I know who work in industry and like they're already back on set, but like with all these restrictions and, 
and there's a lot there's even like sag astra guidance um yeah. of like you know where to travel not travel all that sort of thing and so it's and also like where production is being is picking up in certain places like yeah. in certain states and things and yeah i i, I think i i agree yeah, with you i think the i think the um circumstances will shape it um but again, like just like with Rider Strike, you know, just like with WGA Rider Strike back in like almost ten years ago, I think that there's a lot that a lot will come out of it. Uh, even though there's a lot that's going to be lost and a lot of shows that probably won't survive, um, there's also a lot of cool stuff will be coming out of it. And I think that like this this film specifically, Host, is one of those things where it's like it is possible. It's not. It's again like not I, I go. Deal. Not ideal. And I go back and forth of this because it's like, I get it. Like, I don't want to watch like the glass menagerie, um, via Zoom. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want to see all of these. I don't want to see plays or things like adapted to be like shown via Zoom or whatever. Um, I think it's great that we are getting more recordings of like live theater, like better quality recordings of live theater. And I think Hamilton on Disney plus to kind of tie it all, you know, really showed people like that. it can, You can have it be decent quality. Right. Um, you, we can do it. It's just like, you know, we don't want to, or for whatever reason we don't want to, but like it, what this film illustrates to me is the hope that like, yes, you can continue still to engage people. You can continue to still tell stories with current circumstances. It's not ideal, but you can tell a story in this way. Yeah, and absolutely. It's, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a completely new idea. Like it's a new thing, maybe not new ideas, maybe built upon conventions and tropes, but it's something that like still speaks to the current moment. Yeah. Necessity breeding invention. So yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We'll see how things continue to change. So that is a host. It is on Shutter. I may have said Hulu earlier. I can't remember because we've been talking for five hours. Um, <laughs> I may have accidentally said Hulu, uh, but it is on Shutter. So if you have a Shutter account, uh, which you definitely should, because Shutter's a lot of fun, lots of good stuff on there, and they do have original content that I think is great. Uh, yeah, so check it out, dear listener. Fifty-seven minutes. Come on. You can do it. You can sit through it. Watch it. Do it. Hopefully you already did before you listen to this spoiler-filled uh, episode. Ah, Joe. Joshua. I hope that you have a very, very good night and no demons find you, at least until I can see you again in person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope so, too. Um, and Joshua, what's behind you? Oh, it's just my friend, my buddy. Uh, yeah yeah I, you know my minions my minion one of my minions they just uh <laughs> you know it's so i'm gonna send to you if you uh <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna put put drop it in the chat joshua drop your <laughs> drop your demon in the chat <laughs> exactly all righty man well uh lots of love and uh you know to you dear listener thank you as always and uh good night Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. Uh...